you're listening to the Welcome Home podcast, powered by H6 Homes of La Rosa. Listen in weekly as the team provides key insights into the local Central Florida housing market and aims to empower sellers and buyers with tips, strategies, and market knowledge so they can accomplish their real estate goals. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube for more great insights into our unique way of helping home buyers and sellers. Here's today's show. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the H6 Homes Welcome Home Podcast. My name is Eric Mieles, and I am excited today. Today, we have a topic. It's my favorite topic, but before we get into today's show, I'm joined with the H6 crew. How's everybody doing? We're doing great. We're doing well. How's everybody's week been? Busy. Busy. You know, I always find it interesting. I don't know if some of you guys know. I was away for the weekend, right? I always find it interesting how you can be in a tropical beautiful beach one minute and then 24 hours later you're in hustle and bustle city working grinding and just you know 24 hours can make a, such a big difference a huge difference i mean you know what's the difference in a day right yeah that's crazy well, yeah. do you wish you were back or are you happy you're here because oh, yeah, no, i was a little offended i, no, I absolutely wish i was back okay i like what being do you here <laughs> i like being here i thought back. you meant absolutely you were happy you were here you're saying absolutely you wish you were back at the tropical paradise yeah, i mean who wouldn't be I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if I take offense to that or not, you know. <laughs> How about you guys? How's your week been? Well, it's been absolutely insane every single day. Even last weekend we were showing, like, booked all day. So yeah. Can't complain because we're blessed, but at yeah. the same time it's been pretty hectic. Seems to be consensus, right? That seems to be the consensus. Everyone is super slammed. So, So in your opinion, what's causing us to be so busy um i think it's that you have to hurry up and show houses before they're gone <laughs> yep. that's what, our, what i think both of us are thinking because you never know yeah so we yeah. try to get our days booked yeah especially on wednesday we had scheduled showings and we're pulling up to the first house and i'm trying to get access information because i was never given it and i called the listing agent and she says oh no that house is gone i've been trying to reach out to agents all day and i was like wow we're in front of the house right now, but yeah, it's been pretty crazy. So, so I'll add um, this week, and and I'm, I'm I'm pretty fast too. I have some parameters set on the multiple listing service, and for the audience that doesn't know, the MLS is primary our tool that we utilize to access homes right when they hit the market. So I have a, a parameter set so I get notifications personally when a home in a specific geographic location or neighborhood hits. As soon as I see the home, I see that it might be a fit for one of our clients. And uh, I reach out. I reach out to schedule a specific time, and the agent says no. And I go, what do you mean no? And she says, there's 31 showings today. There's only one slot tomorrow, and we're in multiple offers. And I said, this is day one. (laughs) This is day one, 31 showings. Um, And this is not a price that's 176, Mm -hmm. 199. This is 315. This is the new norm, you know what I mean? And so uh, that's a little bit um, indicative of, I think, what today's show is about. I used a big word, indicative. Did you see that? Right? You like that, right? Uh, perfect segue. Um, but today's show is, 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 is about buyers in today's market, working with buyers in today's market, and what we as the H6 Homes team are seeing, how we're navigating it. And I love these conversations because it's my favorite conversation, and most importantly, we have Alex here who can give us great insight because Alex, if anybody doesn't know in the audience, specializes in working with sellers. Right. 
And I think it's a great uh, resource for us because we all work so heavily with buyers to get his perspective in helping us sharpen our skill sets so that we're better on the buy side because of his knowledge. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's good. I'm an open book today for you guys and, you know, any questions that you may have regarding showing property, submitting offers in this type of market, yeah, I'll love to answer those. Appreciate it. At least you can do. I mean, the least I can do. least you can do. I know you wish you were on a beach, you know what I mean? But uh, the least you can do, yeah. So who wants to open up? Who wants to open up regarding working with buyers in today's market environment and what they're seeing and what we're seeing? Well, I'll open up. Um, I have a, a buyer who is actually a, a seller as well. Uh, her house we put on the market uh, very late on Thursday of this past week, um, and actually last week. And by Friday morning, it was just insane. Um, we got 24 showings in two days, and we had 11 offers. Every single offer was above uh, list price except for one. And we ended up accepting a cash offer over list price. Um, and now I have to find her house. We found her a house, perfect house in the neighborhood she wants. And we placed the offer, which actually was above list price as well. I get a call from the agent saying, listen, we're in a multiple offer situation. At this point, we're asking for highest and best. And we are just supposed to just put whatever we can on an offer to get accepted. I think we drafted a pretty good offer. Uh, it was over list. It was uh, it had some contingencies regarding um, uh, appraisal, and we would go even above appraisal at, at a certain level. But that's those are the things that you have to do in order to gain uh, those contracts. Because if not, if you think in today's market you're going to get a house below list price, it's not going to happen. Yeah, that's interesting that you say that too because we run into situations where people want to steal something in this market mm-hmm. and we all know that's not happening and sometimes it's hard for them to understand that it's not like a normal market where you can submit an offer sometimes mm-hmm. rather than full list so that's been a problem with some of our buyers as well what have you been doing to advise your buyers when you find yourself in that situation well the market really helps us advise and it the house will go and they won't even be in competition with the other offers and they'll slowly realize like you guys like to say self-discovery and that's a big part of buying right now self-discovery and understanding what's happening yeah you're absolutely right self-discovery is I think the best learning lesson because they'll lose out on a few and they'll really start trusting you and your advice now to move forward uh, for the next offer that you're gonna put together yeah, it's good. And we also had a consult last weekend, Eric. And Eric threw out a fact that a normal market sits at six to seven months of inventory, and we're at two months. We're less than two months. Less than two months. Yeah. Well, yeah, that like to me, that's just absolutely insane. I sure. Would, I can't even imagine like what a normal market is because again, this is what we're coming into, right? Mm-hmm. And we've never seen a normal market, so it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Well, let's get into specifics. I mean, um, you all shared your experience and the specifics of why buyers are seeing this environment is, um, for the most part, purely due to supply and demand, right? You take any item that has a tremendous amount of demand and the supply of that item is limited, there's a premium to it. Yeah. It's, it's just economics 101, right? Um, 
if the audience remembers when we went through our economic downturn, the 2008 to 2012 market we like to classify, um, look at the difference, the contrast. There was 12 months of inventory during that time. And demand was severely depressed because people had lost their jobs. They were struggling. They were facing foreclosure, short sales. They were in a lot of financial trouble. And so if demand was low during that time and inventory was high, prices plummeted 50%, 60% in some markets. Mm-hmm. There was four bubble states that they classified at that time, California, Arizona, Nevada, and Florida. Yeah. And I know Alex and, and, and myself we saw the rise and fall of, of this market, and now here we are again after all that inventory got soaked up, right? And just to give just a little context, Alex, how did we transition into where we're at now? Because this is not new. I, I think we've been seeing this for the last four years, five years, actually. Mm-hmm. You know, We've been really hurting, not to the level that we're seeing it now, but I think, and I'd love your opinion, Last year was a little bit of a slight pause because of COVID. People were unsure, uncertain. Election took place, New Year hit, and then boom, it just wildfire. People said, I'm not going to wait anymore. And the interest rate environment combined with all of that pent up demand just surged to another level. Yeah. You know, and that's what, right? I mean, would Absolutely. you agree? I agree. And also, COVID contributed to the lack of inventory because people, like you said, were on pause. Uh-huh. Um, and then even the people that were considering were holding because they weren't sure if they should allow people in their homes and what were the new strategies for agents to access homes and show homes. And so all of that contributed to where we are today uh, with the lack of inventory. I don't know how we get out of it, though, uh, other than just a bunch of inventory hitting the market, which... I don't see happening really right now either. Yeah, I do see it happening. I see a lot more people uh, putting their homes on the market. I'm working on three, four CMAs a week, uh, visiting sellers multiple times a week. But what I'm also seeing is because of the amount of buyers on the market, we list a house and it goes within 10 days. Um, as long as it's priced properly and in the condition, right? Mm-hmm. We, which we always say. But yeah, it's, it's, it's what's happening today. You know, and I'm seeing it on my side. The listings that we have, we try to price obviously properly. We make sure they're in great shape before they get on the market. And so the way that we market the property, package it up, the buyers love it. And so we're seeing the same thing. I'm seeing the same thing on every listing we have. It's a multiple offer situation. And we are even seeing backup offers. So I have a couple of backup offers sitting in files for listings that we have. So... It's a good problem to have right now, but on the buy side of the business, which is what our, we're talking about today, it's a challenge. And um, like I always say for you guys, it's not always about price. It's about the best terms possible that you can structure in that offer to win. Inspection periods, additional escrows, um, as is contracts with the right to inspect, but not necessarily going to request repairs, you know, just inspections for your buyer's knowledge to make sure they are willing to move forward. There's a lot of things in the contract that you can add to help your buyer stand out over an offer that just spit out $10,000 over list. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about, uh, and I, I, was, I couldn't wait to dig into this piece here, what a buyer must do in today's market to get a home versus what they should do to stay financially sound and adhere to certain principles that we've always had. And what I mean by that is, 
What must a buyer do in these situations? And you, you shared some of them just now. Must a buyer in a multiple offer situation on day two go above list if they want to be competitive to get that house? What's your opinion? Depends on the property, I think. What do you guys think? I think they have to. If they want that property that bad, uh, they're going to have to go and, and offer above list price and let the appraisal work on their on their behalf. Okay. Must a buyer waive appraisal contingency in a market like this when every other buyer almost is as well to be competitive in today's market? I'd say not necessarily. I, I think that that is dependent on the client, how much they love that house, and how much cash they have in order to do something like that. I mean, some people may not be able to afford you know, that option. But will they get the house? Don't know. That's again, let's reflect it's, on it's, what it's must the buyer issue. do to yeah. get a home versus, again, I haven't tackled should yet. Should. Mm -hmm. That's the difference between the education we provide, keeping sound principles, being financially smart. We're going to what must you do to be competitive in this market. And I don't agree with them. I just want to let's yeah. bring them out to the open. I mean, yeah. this is the reality, right? Yeah. Are buyers waiving appraisal contingency, Alex? Absolutely. Okay. So the example I just gave you, um, we have two contracts right now uh, listings that are under contract and yeah one of the buyers waived appraisal contingency and the other buyer is willing to negotiate a concession down should the appraisal not come in so what that means is we have a contract price should the appraisal come in less because that's another topic we should talk about right we should we should consider uh, what we're seeing on the appraisal side when that happens are we seeing appraisals being pulled back which we'll get into in a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But um, we are seeing the buyer negotiate either coming out of pocket if it doesn't appraise or going over appraised value or, number two, um, negotiating concessions if they were able to get any concessions. Well, hold on. Explain to the audience what it means to waive appraisal contingency. So what that means is if you're a buyer that's financing a property, your bank, your lender, whoever's lending you the money to purchase the home, is going to send an appraiser out to value the property. If the property does not meet that value, something either something has to happen. Either the seller reduces their sales price, and in this market, that's probably not going to happen, or the deal gets canceled. Or number three, you can come out of pocket for the difference of what the appraised value was and your contract price. So let's add an example. $300,000 home price. Contract price is executed at $300,000. Mm -hmm. Buyer's using financing. They must get an appraisal. Appraisal comes in at two ninety. Mm -hmm. There's a problem because the lender is stating we're only going to give based on the appraised value, which obviously is ten grand less than what they're in contract for. Right. You're telling me when the buyer presents that appraisal, seller says, so sorry, so sad. I just made that up on spot. Sorry, so sorry, so sad. Very impressive. And you like that. Um, you got to give me three hundred, or step aside. Someone else will. Correct so far. Yep. Or we'll cancel the deal. Yep. Okay. So in that instance, you're telling me buyer then is saying, okay, I'll come out of pocket for the ten grand difference. Yep. And to Abe's point, if they are financially able to do that, that's what they're They'll doing. Do that. Yeah. If not, the deal has to get canceled, or the seller has to give. But in today's market, for instance, in my situation, I know I have two backup offers already sitting in the file seller's not going to be as inclined to negotiate that price um, and they'll lose the deal if they don't come out so of pocket. So buyers are waiting to do that deal that we just explained. Yep. So 
Should they do it? Let's go back now to the should. Should they come out of pocket an extra 10 grand over appraised value and start on day one in a quote unquote negative position? And if the audience didn't see me, I did air quotes. Just saying, I'm saying I did air quotes. Well, I think that depends on the buyer. You know, it really depends on how bad they want the home, what the home is going to be used for. Is it an investment or is it their primary residence? You know, are they going to be there long term or they have an exit strategy in two years? There's a lot of variables that will dictate different answers to that. But it's a great question, and I think it's very specific to the buyer situation. Okay. Okay. Interesting. I don't like it. Well, I, I don't yeah. like it either, but you know, it's, it's, it's necessary in some scenarios, yeah. for sure. Yeah, that's the point, right? Must versus should. Yeah. It's insane how the line is skewed between what buyers are doing versus what they should be doing to stay financially sound. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, uh, it's alarming, to be quite honest, to the audience. I mean, let's, let's just be transparent. It's alarming, right? Yeah. Okay, let's talk about another one. Must a buyer in today's market with 10 offers on the table on day two waive inspection contingencies? At that point, I just feel like to, <clears throat> to win the multiple offer situation, technically, yeah, right? I feel like that's almost reckless at that point. You're waiving inspections, and there could possibly be something extremely wrong with the house. You have no idea. You will never have an idea. You can do it on your own, but that would put you in default of the contract that you decided to back out. So at that point, I feel like it's kind of reckless. Sure. So I'm going to raise my hand here. As a a listing agent, Mm -hmm. right? I understand the position you're in if you just said that. However, if you, the buyer's agent, come to me with an offer that says my buyer is not going to request any repairs whatsoever, we need X amount of days, three, five days, obviously is better than seven, ten. Just for their peace of mind Mm -hmm. to do inspections, but we guarantee you we are not coming to you with any requests. That, to me, is as strong as saying I'm waiving it. Because I understand... They've got a couple of days to get their inspector in there and get it done. And if they don't like it, then they're out. And then in turn, me as the listing agent, I would then request no problem. Then allow us to continue to show the property and receive backup offers while you have your three-day or five-day period to inspect for your peace of mind. That would be my response to you. I'm not going to guarantee that's going to be every listing agent's response, but that's what I would do. And at that point, your buyer's not in default. They just understand that if something comes up on the inspection report that they're not happy with, all they can do is back out. Where is that stated in the contract, though? It's I mean, not. You it can't ha- take his word for it. It would have to be written. It, it would, would have, have to be, to be yeah, written. Absolutely. That's what I'm saying. It, ha- it would have to be a term in additional terms of the contract. Sure. Because if, if the audience doesn't know, on an as-is contract, there is a right to inspect, and there's a blank area where we as agents put a certain amount of days that the buyer has to do their due diligence. They technically don't even have to do due diligence. They have that time as a quote-unquote escape clause from the contract. Correct, Alex? Correct. And the seller is not obligated in any instance. In, in a seller's market, a buyer's market, or any other market, when you use an as-is contract to make any repairs. So it's really for the buyer's peace of mind, and then it gives the opportunity for the buyer to make a request to make repairs. However, in that contract it specifically states the seller is not obligated to make any repairs at all nor contribute any money correct but let's go back to a quote-unquote normal market 
buyer agents would write up their contracts for their buyers on as-is contracts from the state of Florida. And this as-is contract clearly states that the seller is under no obligation, to your point, Alex, to contribute any money nor repair anything. Mm -hmm. However, the normalcy of things within the industry usually enables a buyer, should they have a concern, to then voice that concern to the seller. And then it's the seller's slight burden, correct me if I'm wrong, to determine, wow, I've been under contract for a week, I've had my home in pending status, my agent didn't collect any backups, and this buyer is now asking for 2500 in repairs. Should I keep the deal going in the interest of my goals and what I have going on for myself for 2500 or do I risk putting it back on the market? Because technically, I don't have to give the 2500 right? Correct. And usually in a normal market, agents are able to meet in the middle somewhere for both their parties and proceed and still get some concessions, repairs, or a combination of the two. In this market, that has completely been skewed. Correct. <laughs> it used to be a negotiation thing. Right. Uh, you know, let's let's give them a list and let's see what kind of repairs there is. Uh, you know, we'll we'll get them back. We'll get three five thousand dollars back for repairs. But now, absolutely zero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, before all of this craziness, I've had agents call me out. Well, listen, why are you asking me for repairs? You wrote an offer on an as-is contract. How dare you? And I say, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> I have the right. The contract calls for your seller to be under no obligation, but the contract does not state, I can't ask you Correct. should I choose to. Correct. And that's how we've always presented it. It's obviously not agents like Alex, right? Uh, Alex would, would call me out on that, I'm sure. I would. And I'm going <laughs> to tell you another thing. And I've, you know, I've learned something this week on a deal that I'm working. Um, and I'm, I'm noticing this more and more. So now I know what I'm going to do moving forward but we have a listing came in uh, it was multiple offer we specifically chose this listing because it was a conventional loan buyer we just got uh, an addendum requesting that the seller agree to the buyer switching to FHA well that presents itself with a whole nother list of issues that we've got to discuss maybe on another uh, episode but I've seen that twice already in the last couple of weeks. And so if that's a tactic that buyer's agents are trying to use now to win offers, I'm going to stop that on my, for my sellers right up front. And I'm going to make sure that if you present me with an offer during a multiple offer situation with a conventional loan buyer, we will not accept any loan product changes. It won't happen. Because that's kind of like a, you know, a bait, bait and switch. Yeah, sure. I'm not going to say in this specific instance it was. You know, it, things did um, happen for the buyer that they needed to switch, but it still presents itself with a list of things that my seller needs to be concerned with now. It's also a breach of contract. It is. It um, is a breach of contract. It is. They they requested it. The seller's not obligated to correct to, to, to do, do it. it. Right. Right. But we were able to negotiate it out. But anyway, my point is, if that's a tactic that buyers agents think they can use, it's not a good tactic at all. Yeah. to win over yeah. uh, a multiple offer situation. And you put your buyer um, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a terrible position because the seller can clearly say, no, I'm not allowing you to switch to FHA. Mm-hmm. And the buyer might have spent time, money, energy, only to get to a point where seller goes, so sorry, so sad. 
That's my new tagline. <laughs> so sorry, so sad. Wow, I mean, listen, guys, we we're 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 at twenty four minutes already. Um, you know, talking about this topic, and there's so much more to unpack, right? I mean, we we really have to do a follow up episode to this. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, I, I want to say one thing because you asked what should they do, sure, and what must they do. Yeah, from the listing side, I think. It's not even a should anymore. I think this is a must. I think buyers must be more than just pre-qualified. 100%. Wow, that's great. And what I mean by that is they have to have their credit run, their employment checked, their all their financial documents have to be already submitted to the lender so that the lender has an approval on them subject to the property appraising and inspecting. Title work, that's it. That's it. Yep. If you come to me with a buyer that has all of those items done and they have a preliminary approval, not a pre-qualification, an approval, that offer will stand out far more than most offers other than cash. Sure, sure. That's a great point. And I think that is a must in today's market versus a should. Let me ask you this. Do you like the buyer's lender calling you? I actually do. I I like to be able to reach out or if the buyer's lender calls me and confirms that he's done x y and z collected financials yep. margins are good ratios are in check all yep. of that matters love that yep understood good 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 point good point for the audience to know having a, a good lender who's willing to do those things and who's accessible you don't know how many times right um a buyer will select a lending institution the lender is hardly ever available they send the the borrower to an online app only, and then it spits out a pre-qualification letter. And there's no strength in that in today's market. And so when the listing agent is seriously considering possibly this offer and wants to reach out for some more information and they can't get a hold of the lender, it's a, it's a mark against the buyer, and you potentially could lose. And, and, and I'll, I'll go on your side for a second, right? Because um, let's talk about... Um, lenders who don't run their numbers and ratios properly maybe and just for the audience to know when you're working with a lender a lender is assuming certain costs to budget and make sure you're qualified for but these costs have not been determined yet taxes insurance etc right and rising rates throughout florida where insurance is high if a lender miscalculates that insurance rate super low and they have a borrower with a with a hairline margin, mm-hmm. it could throw off the whole deal and the borrower is no longer qualified. So if you get an intelligent, qualified, experienced agent such as Alex Vasquez here, right? <laughs> he smiled there. Okay. Everybody did that. Um, and, and he calls the lender to ask these questions and the lender can't perform or the lender says, you know what, Alex? Wow, you got me. The margin is super slim. That's another mark that Alex might not want his seller to take a chance on this buyer because it's a chance. Mm -hmm. If you got 10 people and the seller takes a chance on that one and the other nine go off into the marketplace and then it's two weeks and whatever the case may be, Alex is on the hook because his seller is looking for him to perform, right? Yep. And a good buyer agent will be understanding of that. They want to present the package. They want to present something that helps not both parties, I don't want to see that, but but understands what the listing agent has to do, not only solely what a buyer's agent is doing. And that's a recipe for a better working environment in today's market with well-experienced and qualified agents out there. 100% agree. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. 
What do you guys think as newer agents in the business of, you know, what we've been talking about today? Have you been using the tactics we're talking about? Um, have you been seeing listing agents ask you questions about, you know, even before you get a contract in your, your showing, is your buyer qualified? Have they done certain things already before they even come in the house? Before we even start showing, I think that we have learned the hard way that we need to see a pre-approval and not only know that, oh, you're qualified for this amount, but also have it in our email and have it ready to go because it would just suck for you to love a house and then you have to wait three, four days. It's going to be gone. So I think we learned early on that we need to have that letter before we even go out and see anything. Yeah, that's a great point. Are you telling your buyers that and not saying it in a way that they feel like you want it? but saying it in a way that they understand it's beneficial for them to be able to have that before going out to see property. Yeah, the way I explain it is if we go look at this house right now and you fall in love with it and want to put in an offer today, you can't. And the chances of you letting yourself down and the house going after you falling in love with it is pretty high. So getting prequels or approvals for that matter before even seeing houses is completely appropriate in this specific market and some people get it and some people don't but they self-discover again good job yeah yep. definitely goes back to our seven steps and uh, our s7 method for the audience that doesn't know and um, you know education is the first step but buttoning up financial is the second step before even shopping for a home you have to be buttoned up in today's market or else you're just going to disappoint yourself. You're going to spin your wheels and you'll be very uh, disappointed. You'll be very disappointed. So uh, good points. Good points. I had the same situation last week when I put in an offer. The actual listing agent called me and said, uh, is your buyer pre-qualified or are they approved? And she said, she said to me, that's going to make a big difference. And I said, they already submitted all their documents. They are actually pre-approved I'm actually sending you that document right now and that made a difference big difference yeah makes a huge difference definitely yeah because the objective is to get both sides to the finish line you know yep. and mm -hmm. so that's just one step closer versus ciphering through four or five offers that buyers are not at the position yet good stuff guys well listen what a what a great conversation I think these these conversations are needed in today's market because we have so many people who are demanding housing who want to buy a house and who jump in head first and like we always say they treat it like an event rather than a process and i hope that these kind of conversations with experienced agents such as ourselves who are navigating the market we can bring forth this education and knowledge so that they can um better equip themselves for what's in store in the home buying process. And so I appreciate all of you. It's great dialogue. Let's keep it going, right? It went too fast, in my opinion. I'm sure Alex is dying to get off so he can book his next trip to his tropical paradise. You know? I was actually doing that while you were talking. <laughs> Any parting words, guys, before we uh, end today's show? Yeah, I, I just want for the listeners to know that they can reach out through us, out to us through social media and ask us questions regarding this topic or any other topic, you know, reach out, engage with us, let us know what your thoughts are. If you have questions, um, we'd love to answer them, whether it's on a DM or, you know, through email or anything like that. So we're here, we're a team 
Um, we cover both sides of the transaction and we do represent our customers and clients to the fullest before anything else. Where's the best place to get a hold of us? They can reach us through our h6homes.com through the contact us page. They can go to h6homes on Facebook, uh, send us a message through there and uh, Instagram as well, h6home on Instagram and send a direct message. And we each have our own individual platforms that we can share at, you know, later time. But yeah, that's the best way to get a hold of the team and then we can answer it from there. Good stuff, guys. Thank you so much again. Really appreciate you all. Have a fantastic rest of the day and thank you to the audience for listening we really appreciate you guys we want to bring forth better and uh, more and more content to better educate you uh we are a team of educators and consultants and uh that's our our sole focus and goal in in what we do we educate serve and inspire (laughs) that's right that's That's right right. that's exactly what we do thank Thank you you for listening to another episode of the welcome home podcast don't forget to follow us on facebook and instagram for more helpful content on how you can be a better home buyer and seller in today's local real estate market we look forward to saying hello